0: Very warm welcome to the Grow and Learn podcast. This is Arena. Today I am welcoming Frederick Carey, a renowned expert in entrepreneurship, uh, the CEO and operational um, executive of Idea Pros. He's overseeing at the moment more than two hundred and fifty startups. He's um, he has a uh, three decades of history in developing startups, um, I, uh, leading them to IPOs. Um, he's all about success mindset, business tips, turning things around for people, growing companies, aligning them to their purpose. We're going to be speaking about all of these things today, so stay tuned. Hi, Frederick, welcome.
1: Well, hello, welcome. It's it's good to see you from uh, sunny California to I'm sure beautiful Austria.
0: Uh, is it still sunny? Austria is already very cold. <laughs>
1: oh no, it's always about twenty-five degrees Celsius here, summer and winter.
0: Uh-huh. Very nice, Fred. It's uh, you've had a very long career, and you know you're you're still very active. Um, what drives you to keep on helping companies?
1: Yeah, um, it's. Um... I could never see myself retiring. Uh, I, in fact, I have a few friends that have done that, and uh, I don't. I wouldn't want to have that kind of life. Uh, I think that we're meant to create and and do so as long as we breathe. And so, for me, the ability to help others and help myself in the process is something that uh, I I drink like water, and uh, it's something that's never going to stop with me. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you ever get tired of working with entrepreneurs and developing their business ideas? I mean, your company's idea idea pros, so it's it's all about developing the ideas, I suppose. But do yeah. you get tired?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, get, I get tired, I get frustrated. Uh, and often, you know, uh, any of your uh, listeners or, or watchers who are uh, entrepreneurs know how difficult it is to have one company. Uh, we're up to 400 now. We were 250, uh, not very long ago, we're up to 400 companies that we own 30% of that we've grown from a raw idea into nationwide launches or international launches of organizations. And with every fire that one company has, multiply that times 400. And there, there's a lot of frustrating, anxious moments uh, almost every day.
0: Mm-hmm what is the biggest challenge that you see entrepreneurs have when they come to you first? What is the most common challenge?
1: Yeah, when you when I decided to start Idea Pros, it was really looking at the data uh, to decide what it is that I wanted to to do next. I didn't know that Idea Pros was going to be the thing. I wanted to find an area that was large, growing, and was not being serviced well. And nowadays, when you look at entrepreneurship, Uh, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur it makes uh, social media makes it look really easy and uh, there's some 20 year old guy sitting in front of a Lamborghini wanting to take $500 from you to make you a a millionaire and the reality is it's really really tough and the um, majority 95% or more of entrepreneurs are what we call outsiders you know they don't know what they should be doing and so the biggest problem I see when people come to me, are they are those outsiders. They don't know what to build. They don't know how to build it. They don't have the connections to uh, strategic alliances or financial connections to be able to get the money that they need to really do well for themselves. so So the biggest thing I see is also the biggest failure point for new companies, which is uh, founders created something that there's no demand for. Uh, and that just shows the the level of um, naivety we have when when we go into the entrepreneurial world. It's very formulaic, and people approach it in a very happenstance way. So that's the big problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so is the is the company um, functioning as an accelerator, or um, what, what is the is it similar in function? As, in, as a the startup accelerator?
1: Uh, no. And, and you know, we get compared to accelerators, incubators, venture capital, uh, private equity. We get compared to those things all the time. Uh, but the reality is that those are kind of pinpoint solutions. You know, come in, spend three months with us. We'll show you how to go out and kick butt and go out on your own. We're more of a professional co-founder or a fractional co-founder so when you come and work with us we're acting like we're you we're part of you and we're going to be with you through the entire process from your from your idea stage all the way through your launch and as you need help afterwards because we we have an equity piece in your company we want to make sure that you succeed or can't make sure but give you the best odds of succeeding so we're we're with you for the long term
0: And what is the typical entrepreneurial profile that you accept in your portfolio?
1: It's not what you think it would be. You know, it's 30 to 55 years old, uh, mostly career people. Um, We we do get uh, people who are stay-at-home folks, uh, but for the most part, the sweet spot is 30 to 55. career-oriented, working for a corporation, either nationwide or multinational organization. They're going up the food chain, they're upper, upper management, uh, typically, and they hate their lives. And they have all this structure around them. They have great retirement plan. They have good health insurance. They're guaranteed promotions now and then. But it's a very structured environment where uh, they're not feeding their passion. And 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 those are the types of people that are coming from a very structured world into the craziness of entrepreneurship <clears throat> and they're hardly prepared for it. They know they need to do it, but they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: So we with the business help that you're providing and the funding and the co-managing of their companies. You mentioned also that your specialty is aligning their purpose to um, to the business the company is doing. How do you do that?
1: Uh, um, it's not an easy process, but the reality is that if you look at even really large corporations that are purpose-driven. They get better products. They have better profits. They have a more loyal customer base. Uh, Even big organizations that have a piece of their organization that is kind of uh, purpose-driven, that one piece of the organization outperforms the rest of it all the time. Unilever, uh, for example, uh, has three or four products that are very kind of authentic, purpose-driven mindset, different management team running them, and it accounts for some big percentage of their profits. So I like to really explore, like, what makes you tick? You know, what is going to make you, when you wake up in the morning, smile as you're getting out of bed, that you're, you're getting to face another day instead of like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to work. And you know, when we work together to find what that is, and then find a way to monetize that so that your life and your work can really, really balance, and you don't have to worry about how many hours you spend doing this, how many hours you spend doing that, because it's all part of a comprehensive life experience that is going to make you feel fulfilled.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems like the the sifting process through the, the through the, through which the companies go through is um, like with a very wide sift, <laughs> so the you know there's not a much there's not a lot of requirement, and you you also help them with the purpose, but and you help them align with their mindset. Is that am I coming close to what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. You know my my argument here is uh, that we need to make better people, and um, the the foundation of creating better companies means starting with that individual, and we. We want to make sure that the people that work with us understand that with the right to create comes a duty uh, to to do good, uh, to do well for your customers, for your shareholders, for your suppliers, your employees, uh, that that duty to, to do good things is what gives you the right to become a great company so you can't be a great company without a great leader and you can't be a great leader unless you're a really good person at home you know you can't be kicking the dog and yelling at the husband or wife and and uh, not spending time with your kids and and be a great leader it's all encompassing and so we try to make better people it's really what we do
0: Uh all right so is there any sort of a selection how do you define the ideal candidate for Um, to be your client and partner as a company?
1: You know, and I really screwed up in the beginning with that because we we looked at two major things. Number one, was it a really good idea? And number two, did that co-founder have enough capital to contribute to the cause so that we can build this together? We didn't look so much at the underlying traits of the individual. And that is actually the most important thing at all. Of all, I mean, because you can see a lot of folks that are billionaires now um, that have done many, many different things, not just one thing. I and mean, it's the character of the human being that carries him or her throughout that whole process. To have the resilience and uh, dedication and diligence and perseverance to continue down that road, even when they're facing fire from abroad and and um, having to pivot and facing failure. So it's a very unique individual that can really embrace failure as a learning moment and and take that to create something different, better, and and then make a sharp right turn when you thought you were gonna be going straight ahead. So we really analyze the person as well. Does this person have the characteristics necessary to face fire and succeed?
0: All right, great. okay. so can you share with us some some tips on growing businesses? I know that uh, you have a track record of growing businesses within a year to twenty million and then to seven hundred million. I read something like that in your career, so you're really all about making it happen, <laughs> growing fast, yeah things around yeah,
1: yeah, um so. Uh, let me let me put it this way um if if i told anybody in your audience that i wanted them to manage a sports team for me but i didn't know what type of sport we we're playing i didn't know what the size of the field was what the objective of the game was who the opponents were what were their strong points and what are their weaknesses that you could exploit you know who's in that audience how big are they how do you get them to root for your team instead of the other and i had none of those answers You would think I was idiotic, but that's how we approach business. We go in, we think we have a good idea. We talk to our mom. She thinks it's great. And so we put up a sign and we go into business and we don't know anything about the size of the market, the market opportunities, the strengths and weaknesses of our competitors, what our potential customers really need and how we're going to be able to get it to them so that they can become our loyal, passionate fans instead of just our customers. We don't do the heavy lifting and the hard work necessary to maximize our opportunity for success. So the the thing that I would say to anyone in the audience when you're doing that, arm yourself with knowledge. Think of yourself as a sports team. Figure out what game you're playing and what you need to do to, to win against The enemies, your opponents, your competitors, and and win the people in the audience. Mm
0: -hmm. So, have you managed to improve the percentage of uh, startups that are succeeding above the three (laughs) percent?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, if you look at venture capital, for example, the best venture capital firms in the world probably have about eighty-five to ninety percent failure rate. And there they are pouring millions and millions of dollars into people that they think are the brightest in the world. And still they have this enormous failure rate. They make up for it because of the ones that make it will give them a 20X, 40X, even 100X return on their entire portfolio. Although nine out of 10 times, they're picking losers. The, the thing that we do that's different is that we structure the build. You know, when somebody comes to us, we're working with them. We're using my experience, our company's experience in making sure we're building the right thing in the right way, positioning ourselves properly. So our success rate is more in the 25% range instead of the 3%.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Over how many years do you measure this? Um, Mm
1: -hmm. About 15 years. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So... What are some other tips you can share with us for growth, for success? what What else is important apart from preparation?
1: yeah, um, the 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 two biggest failure points uh, for entrepreneurs is number one, you created something there's no demand for. The number two thing is that the demand is greater than you anticipated. Um, that becomes a second failure point because all of a sudden you have all these orders in, you have all these shipments, your manufacturer is not big enough, you have problems with your inventory management. And so I think some of the biggest things that an entrepreneur needs to think about, and I'm going to throw one other thing at the end of this one, but the, the two biggest things is how how do I manage when things go slower than I think they're gonna go, and the growth doesn't happen. Like I'm gonna ha- um, like I believe it's going to happen. how do I have enough cash in reserve and um, what are my, what's my plan B for that occurrence? And then the second thing is on on the positive side of it you know how do I make sure that if there is this surge in demand that I can anticipate it? Do I have a backup manufacturer? Could, can I talk about to my manufacturer about what their capabilities are? how do I handle um, drop shipping or import export? things of that nature. Think about that, that that big growth component as well. And then the other thing I was going to throw in there is entrepreneurs are the worst leaders. And they're the worst leaders because when you start out, you're doing everything on your own. You're the marketing team, you're the sales organization, you're handling HR for the two people that work with you, going out and, and being the CFO, raising money or trying to. And the shift from that mindset to one of leadership where you pick very high quality people around you and step back and let them do their job, that's a really, really hard shift for an entrepreneur to to let go of those reins. So those are things, watch the money and watch the management. Those are the the biggest things that can get you in a whole lot of trouble really, really fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about money then, <laughs> since this is one of the, the biggest... Uh impediments um, yeah. you mentioned that you one of your first requirements were uh, at the beginning was that uh, the f- co-founders had enough capital now you changed your perspective where do they find the funding the funding if they don't have the required capital or do they still need to have
1: mm-hmm. your
0: required minimum capital
1: Yeah. And when I say required capital, it's enough to invest alongside with us in in the build, right? But you're going to need additional capital when you launch.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Fortunately for us now, I've partnered up with a a finance company that, that will help people with the initial capital that they need. But after that, right now in today's world, wherever you are in the world, you have to think of yourself as a financial CEO. If you're running a company, you're either closing a f- funding round you're in between rounds figuring out how you're spending your money and what you need next or you're getting ready to start the next round that's the way it is because you can't you can't grow fast enough just based on your cash flow alone right because if you have if you're let's, let's suppose you're you're doubling every single month it's a great place to be in but if you're relying on your cash flow you're using last month's cash flow to manage a doubling in this month, and it doesn't work. You don't have enough cash. Like I'm doing great on paper, but I'm sucking air and, and near collapse because they don't have enough money in the bank to handle this growth. So you're so if you want to be a successful organization that's going to be growing quickly, you got to have outside capital. So the biggest mistake that we make as, as founders, as entrepreneurs, when we're going out and raising capital is we want to talk about how different we are, how we are going to change the world, how our solution is second to none, how we have no competitors at all. And those are scary words for an investor. Mm-hmm. An investor doesn't want to hear that. You know, when, when when you're out raising capital, an investor is not buying your dream. An investor is buying your stock certificate. They're buying a financial instrument. They're investing money to make more money on the money they're giving. So they want to know, why am I paying this for this instrument? Uh, Why is it worth this? When am I going to be able to sell it? How much am I going to be able to sell it for? And why are you people the ones that are going to be able to pull that off? And we don't think about that as entrepreneurs when we go out and do our pitch decks. We think about... I have this golden widget. Nobody else has a golden widget. We're going to rule the world with this this golden widget. And an investor is thinking, well, how many times have you ruled the world before? How 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 have you managed a disruptive technology that's going to completely change everything in the entire world? You don't want to talk that way. That's not how you talk to investors. How you talk to an investor is, look, we're not the smartest people in the world. We found this great marketplace that's growing rapidly. There's three competitors in there that have turned into billion dollar companies in in three or four years because the demand is so great. However, all three of those companies don't provide this one thing that this massive audience wants to have. And we're not smarter than them, but we created that one thing that they want that nobody else is providing. The market's there, competition's robust, growth is fast. And there's a huge pent up demand for the one thing that we have that nobody else is delivering that for an investor is like, all right, the market's proved out the competition's proved out the growth of those companies. I can see where my stock certificate is going to be worth more money. And they found something that there's this enormous appetite already built into it. I can invest in that. So you should, in your pitch deck, every single slide should have a number. The market is growing by 27% a year. This, uh, this company is gonna go to 100 million revenue in four years and these are the underlying facts of how we're gonna get there. Um, The dissatisfaction rate in these customers because they don't get this one thing that we have is 48%. Like every slide should have a number because that's how you talk to investors. And if you can do that, you're gonna raise capital no matter if the market is bearish or bullish because the money's there. And when you're facing facing a, a stingy market, that's what you're facing. It's not that there's no capital. There's an excess of capital. When you have a bad market, like even now, the turbulent marketplace, sure. there is more capital to be put out in the on, on the market than, than there's a demand for. But it's stingy money and you need to know what you're talking about and you need to position your organization really well to get that stingy money. But you can get it if you do it the right way.
0: Mm -hmm. that's great advice so the the funding company that you're working with um are you seeing an increase in significant increase in interest rates or is this equity company that you're working with for funding how does it work uh, i
1: work with a couple Uh, i I work with some pre-seed venture capital firms that are equity based I uh, also work with uh, debt based uh, c- companies and the interest rates are actually starting to go down. Uh-huh. And, and I think over the next several months, they go down e- even more. So, But the reality is, if you look at the value of money, you have to compare it to the value of you having that money and what you can do with it, right? So if somebody's charging you 10% interest, but you're starting a company that, you know, it's going to grow from a $5 million company to a $100 million company should pay that all day long, um, because it gives you the fuel that you need to grow. And that's, that's one area that people worry excessively about. The other one is like, well, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up equity in my company, Well, why not? Why don't you want to give up equity? Because when you give up equity, what you're doing is you're buying the fuel that you need to take your rocket and and launch it can't launch without it. So, um, yeah.
0: Fantastic advice. <laughs> I love it so far. So you have a lot of uh, free um, tips and information on your website. What is, their, what is the website? Yeah.
1: yeah. If you go to ideapros.com, you'll see the very first thing you'll see is free membership. If you sign up for free membership, the first thing you get is seven days worth of emails with with a different tip every single day and the fundam- fundamentals of really being able to grow your business. Um, and each one of them has a video from me as well. I think it's very valuable information. Um, and then after that, every single week, we have a newsletter that gives you different tips and tactics and, and tricks that you should deploy in any type of business. We also have uh, every month or two, we also have webinars that are also free that talk, go in depth on a different subject. We just had one on, on pitch decks. Uh, two hour free webinar on, on that subject. And we cover literally everything that you're going to need to know as an entrepreneur. So, ideapros.com, you can get that free. You can also go on my Instagram at official Fred Cary, C A R Y. And I put in one post a day on entrepreneurship, on personal development, on uh, doing the right thing and perseverance, things of that nature. I think one minute a day with me uh, for free. Uh, will give you a lot of good advice and and get your mindset working right. Mm
0: -hmm. Wonderful. Any closing words, Fred, that I missed asking you?
1: Um, I just think that people really focus on what it means to be successful and what do I need to achieve success? And I would say that if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to go out on your own, that there's no, there's no finish line. Uh, It's never, it's never ending. And so you need to be prepared. That's why it's really great to align your passion and purpose with what you're doing, because you can handle as much pressure as, as anybody can deliver to you, because you're doing what you are meant to be doing in life. So if you get into entrepreneurship, just realize it's this never ending cycle of successes and failures, and, and your successes will outweigh your failures. If, if you have perseverance, just embrace the suck, as they say, and know that that's part of the process to, to becoming better and better and better.
0: What is your future goal? Where are you heading?
1: Well, my goal is kind of lofty. Uh, what I want to do is I'm trying to impact the lives of 10,000 people enough so that they make some meaningful shift in their lives and hopeful that it's meaningful enough that they will impact a thousand and then those thousand will impact a hundred and if i can pull that off that's one billion people um if you do the math and uh if i'm 90 percent off it's still a hundred million people that that i'm helping change their lives so that's really what the balance of my life is all about is trying to help others with theirs
0: Oh, I, I commend you on your ambition and uh, on the motivation that you have <laughs> thank to do you. that. I Good appreciate luck. It. Yeah, Thank you so much for this talk. Uh, once again, the website is ideapros.com. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening to Grow & Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow & Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.